This podcast couldn't be done without the generous support of you, the listeners. Help Smooth Jazz and More stay on the air uninterrupted by contributing to our GoFundMe fundraising account. Donations help fund the internet radio station's administrative cost. You can also contribute by purchasing Live 365 VIP membership or purchasing items from our gift store at Cafe Press. A portion of your purchase goes directly to Help Smooth Jazz and More on Live 365. We thank you for listening. And to those who have contributed, thanks for your generous support. Smooth Jazz and More interviews created with Skype. Get the latest version of Skype for your iPhone or Android device. Stay in touch with your family and friends for free. Download Skype today. I'm Mike James, and welcome to another edition of Smooth Jazz and More Interviews. Today, we're going back to the traditional sounds of jazz with singer-pianist Champion Fulton. I'm gonna park my romance right along the curb. Hang a sign on my heart, don't you dare disturb, but if I never fall in love again, that is soon enough for me. I'm gonna lock my heart and throw away the key. I first discovered Champion in 2010 when Live 365 Music Library offered selections from her CD, The Breeze and I, for airplay. We've been playing Champion's music in our daily playlist now for the last five years, including this classic, I'm Gonna Lock My Heart and Throw Away the Key, which was made famous in 1938 by the late, great Billie Holiday. Since then, Champion has released two other albums, including the 2013 release, Champion Sings and Swings, which includes the classic, You're Getting to Be a Habit with Me. Every kiss, every hug, seems to act just like a drug. You're getting to be a habit with me. Let me stay in your arms, I'm addicted to your charms. You're getting to be a habit with me. When I remember every little thing you used to do. Her latest release, Change Partners, a live recording from her most recent tour of Canada. In listening to her music, Champion's style reminded me of a time back in the golden age of jazz. Pianist Mary Lou Williams and singer Ella Fitzgerald immediately came to mind upon hearing her for the first time. Champion has a busy touring schedule, and I was thrilled when she finally sat down with me to discuss her career in jazz music. Sky was blue and high above. The moon was new and so was love. And this aching heart of mine was saying, You came at last, love had its day, that day has passed, you've gone away. Now this aching heart of mine is saying, lover, come back to me. So my latest album, Change Partners, uh, came out just late uh, last year, October 2014. And I'm really happy. It's my fifth release, 
but I'm happy that uh, we were able to record it in front of a live audience. So it was recorded during a tour on a gig in Canada, in Edmonton, Alberta, and it features uh, the band that I work with most often when I'm on the West Coast, which is Corey Weeds on tenor saxophone, and Jody Prasnick on bass, and Julian McDonough on drums. Um, and the tunes are just sort of a selection of tunes that I've been enjoying performing over the last year. And uh, we whittled the many hours of recording down to uh, about an hour worth of music. Do you prefer performing live or being in the studio? Definitely performing live. It's so much easier to, to feel the music and to get into it when there's an audience. Must you dance? With the same fortunate girl You have danced with her since the music began Won't you change partners and dance with her? Now, you're part of a music family. Uh, how hard did your family push you to be a musician? Oh, not, not at all, actually. Uh, my mother really wanted me to uh, go into something. You know, she works in the medical field. I think she wanted me to be a doctor. Uh, my father is a musician himself, but he, he didn't really push me to be a musician. Um, you know, of course, I was exposed to it. But it was definitely, you know, my choice and what I wanted to do. How often do you play with him? Well, his name's Stephen Fulton, and uh, he plays trumpet and flugelhorn, although when I was a young girl, uh, he was playing drums in our band at that time. And we still, we work together now maybe uh, 75, 60% of the time in my band. He plays with me. Now, you're from Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. um, what was the first jazz song you remember growing up hmm. in Oklahoma? Well, all I listened to from the time I was born was jazz. Um, so all my memories are of jazz music. I think, you know, when I was, uh, when I started to be able to choose my own listening, I really loved Dinah Washington. And I would listen to her a lot. But I have to say, I loved Wynton Kelly. And I, I discovered Wynton Kelly's record, Someday My Prince Will Come, when I was maybe eight, eight or nine years old. And I loved that record so much, I would just play it over and over again. Now, you were very outspoken on the future of jazz. Um, for example, you wrote on a blog that you have that uh, how the jazz scene has been very expensive in some ways. Uh, can okay. you... Uh, uh, describe a little more about that? Well, I think it's something that I see happening here in New York a lot, and I think I think it's happening elsewhere, but um, the clubs have become very expensive, so you know, a cover charge is usually at least $20, if not sometimes 35 or 40 plus um, a minimum, drink minimum of 10 or 15 So for the kind of costs, a couple can't go to a jazz club and spend less than basically a hundred dollars. And I feel that that limits 
the jazz fan's ability to be a real fan. I mean, you, you want to see, you know, people who love jazz want to go to it all the time, you know, more certainly more than once a month or, you know, even once a week. And so I think these clubs, by raising their prices like that, have really isolated the audience to be mostly tourist audience or special occasion audience, which doesn't lend itself to the, the audience member and the artist being able to create a relationship. That being said, are you concerned about the future of jazz music? Um, well, I don't, I try not to be concerned because I don't think uh, beyond my contribution, um, you know, there's really just not a lot, a lot that I can do. I mean, people are going to do what they want and uh, you sort of have to accept that at some point. So I, I'm not worried because I still think, I still think, you know, good swinging music is still appreciated and I think people still love it and I think that's ultimately what matters. As an independent artist, uh, how do you try to get your music to potential uh, customers or listeners? I'm a little old-fashioned in that I believe the best way to, to get the music out there is to perform, and that's what I like to do. I like to play gigs, I like to travel on tour and expose my music to new people and new regions, new countries. Um, that's my, my favorite way of doing it because then I think you really do develop a relationship between yourself and your audience. But of course I also, I love, I love social media. I enjoy it and that's why I use it. So I, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, you know, and I'm, I post music and I, I try to get um, people, you know, try to get people to listen, try to get current fans to spread the word. I love traveling and I love getting to, to play for new people. I've particularly enjoyed um, my travels here in the states, in the southern states, because I think in the southern states, um, though they love music, it's not so much of a touring circuit anymore. So they're very appreciative to get, to get jazz down there, like in Tennessee or in uh, Alabama. Um, but I've also really loved going to Europe. I love Spain. I love France. Scotland is one of my favorite countries to visit. Being that it's possible to be out on the road, do you find yourself having to um, uh, eat, uh, you know, any junk food or anything like that? It's probably pretty hard. I've discovered after my first couple tours, I discovered the best thing to do is to go to um, a grocery store wherever you are and to stock up on things from the grocery store as opposed to like a deli or in the airport 
So usually in my suitcase, there are tons of books, which make it very heavy. And then there are tons of snacks. And I like like dried fruit and nuts. And um, I have even on occasion carried beef jerky with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I try to be as healthy as possible. But I think the hardest thing um, is, you know, when you're on tour after every after every performance, there's usually some kind of like little party because people are very are welcoming and happy to have you in the town, happy to have you, you know, at their venue. And in certain countries, like in Spain or France, that that can mean quite a lot of very rich food. And you can't, you want to eat it because it's delicious, and you can't not eat it because you can't be rude. So then it's inevitable that after like six weeks in France, I come home slightly heavier. <laughs> Happen to pass your doorway Gave you a buzz, that's all Lately I thought lots about you So I thought I'd pay a social call Do you recall the old days We used to have a bar Not that I'm lonesome without you I just thought I'd pay a social call I'd lie and say To tell the truth, I haven't been too well. And if you should try to kiss me, I promise I won't stall. What if we got back together starting from this you can get together and perform with any musician, living or dead, who would be in your dream band? This changes, this changes all the time. Um, I've loved playing with Jimmy Cobb, I've loved playing with Louis Hayes. Um, I would love to, to play with either one of them all the time. But I never, I, I'm really a huge Cedar Walton fan. And I never got to see Billy Higgins live, and of course, I never got to play with him. And I would, I would like to have been able to do that. I'm quite a Billy Higgins fan. I think that would have been really fun. Um, bass player-wise, I never got to play with Ray Brown. I would love to play with Ray Brown, um, but I, I have gotten to play with Buster Williams and David Williams, and I have really loved both of those experiences. So, I would take any of those three drummers and any of those three bassists anytime. <laughs> When are you planning to go back to the studio? What's next for you? We're planning to go back um, either late this summer, like late August, or early September to do my, um, my new Dinah Washington project, which we premiered while we were in Israel earlier this year, and then we did a, um, a video broadcast for WNYC, New York's NPR affiliate. And it's, um, it's a lot of fun, it's a lot of great tunes, you know, honoring Dinah, and I'm looking forward to getting into the studio and, and getting that project recorded. You mentioned it before, um, how can fans reach you on social media? All the handles are my name, which is Champion Fulton, and I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, those are my three favorites, and then I have a great YouTube channel with, with tons of stuff.
And that's going to do it for another edition of Smooth Jazz and More Interviews. For more podcasts, go to our website at smoothjazzandmore.com or subscribe to our podcast page at iTunes. Android users can also subscribe to our podcast by using the Player FM app at the Google Play Store. I'm Mike James. Thanks for listening to Smooth Jazz and More Interviews. Thank you.